Hey everyone, BT here. This episode you are about to listen to is absolutely Successful Mind 101. Come inside, listen carefully. You can't be a winner if you're not in a fight. We're bringing the fight to you, and by the time you leave this, you are going to be so clear, you will be unstoppable. Let's check it out. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. And welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside the episode titled, You Can't Be a Winner If You're Not in a Fight. And uh, we're going to talk about lions. We're going to talk about pigs. We're going to talk about all manners of things, big and small. And I will tell you, most of the times on these, I have a ton of questions. But for this one, I was so blown away by the content, there's not a lot of questions here. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was me frantically taking notes, trying to make sense of all the stuff that came out. I think this is fairly new. I don't know if I've ever heard you teach this before. Not so, this way. Yeah, this content's coming. So where, what's, I guess what I want to start off with before I start rattling off all the things I wrote down is what are, what was some of the inspiration behind this? Because I know at first when I heard the title, I thought to myself, this has like, there, there's a battle that's being fought. What is that battle? And what's the inspiration behind you bringing that to the people today? Because it was fabulous. Well, I mean, in the, in the um, the elite mind program uh, that we that we run, I'm watching every day. Uh, people do battle with their subconscious mind. I mean, every day, every day, every day. And we have once a week where we do Q and A in that program. They're allowed to. We get on a Zoom call and they and they have questions about what I'm teaching. Sure. So I'm teaching. I'm teaching seven days a week to these individuals. They're working on goals. You know, uh, working on accomplishing those goals. They're making great progress, and based on the teachings and what they're experiencing in their own life and business, they have questions. So, when we get into these questions, I, you know, as I'm sitting there listening to them week after week, I'm recognizing the fact that these people are fighting, like they're fighting for their life. They're fighting for this success that they desperately want, um, and it's 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 interesting to watch because. Some weeks they have great weeks and they win the battle. Other weeks they don't have great weeks and they get knocked out, you know. Um, and the the and I was starting to think about it like, you know, this this is this is a fight. This is like it's it's not a kid's game. However, I also recognized that one of the things that people have a tendency to do, especially when you know, because you can teach, you could teach success from a lot of different perspective perspectives. I happen to bring a spiritual bent into uh, what I teach because of the initial experience that I had. There was there was a metaphysical reason and um, a scientific reason for why I had the big breakthrough early on that I did. So it caused me to go down that road. I needed answers. I really had a lot of answer, a lot of questions that I wanted answered. However, if, if you start to go down that road in listening to a lot of other people teach, they'd almost have you believe that there's no fight, right? They want everything to be Pollyanna. 
And I don't believe that. I think that that's complete bullshit, and I think we do a tremendous disservice to people because it is a it is a it is a fight. There is a uh, a force inside of us that's not evil, by the way, but it wants to maintain the only pattern that it's ever known to keep us alive, and it's so strong that it operates in all forms of life throughout the universe that we're aware of. It's it's like and 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 like I say and, and I I make this I make this point because I think they try to connect the idea of there's this evil energy mixed with um, uh, this inability to uh, allow us to do something easily that that kind of keeps us down but it's not evil there is no energy in the universe that's evil it's a misunderstanding it's ignorance that creates that creates evil. However, what the subconscious mind is doing is it's saying, for the first seven years of childhood, this is what kept this kid alive. So that's the pattern recognition that our brain operates from. It's the same in a squirrel. It's the same in a moose. It's the same in a flower. It understands and it patterns what is, the, what is it that keeps us alive and moving forward, and then it wants to operate by that for the rest of the person's life. However, once our consciousness starts to develop and we start to develop the faculties of our, um, our intellect, we can operate from a different perspective. We call it consciousness, right? But it's where we can actually evaluate. When you bring the laws of the universe and it teaches us how to use our thought to correctly evaluate. So this whole, the whole time we're doing this, our subconscious is going, I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't know that you have faith and you understand something that, that you can't see. Our whole deal here in the subconscious is that here's the patterns that kept you alive and all that's unknown. So we have to figure out a way to stop you, right? Because the, whole, the, 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 the purpose of life is to move forward, but you can't move forward if life is dying, you know? So, so that's what it is. And what people are really doing is they're battling their own internal subconscious mind that is just trying to keep them the same or keep them small. Now, if you want to, if you want to get into anything around the idea of a bad or an evil, you could go there to, to, to present an argument based on what some people were taught as children. If they were abused, if they suffered trauma, if they, if they had uh, um, a hellacious childhood, I suppose you could go down the road of evil, but even when you break that down, you find out that those people were abused. The parents were abused. The grandparents were abused. It didn't start in just one generation. It's a pattern of thinking and behavior that goes on from one generation to another. So that's kind of a long-winded answer yeah. to your question, but that's really was. And then the other thing was I, I can't take credit for uh, you can't be a winner if you're not in a fight. I've heard several people say this in in multiple different books sure. that I've read. I don't know where it originated, so yeah. I'm just I'm decided I, I was going to use it. I thought it was a perfect uh, title for the episode. Yeah, well, it definitely get you thinking. It was interesting, you know. What I love about this show, you know, it's titled "The Successful Mind." Yeah, and I think that's what's great about tuning in week in and week out is you get an opportunity to really understand that you have to roll up your sleeves here. This is not magical 
critical thinking. You've said that many, many times. It's not always going to be easy. Um, you have to do the dirty work. Yeah. And I think that with this episode in particular, um, it got me thinking right out of the gate. Um, if if the subconscious mind had a face, it would be my face because <laughs> the way I look at it is this. The subconscious mind has a plan, right? And, and that plan is absolute. And I'm going to keep executing the plan every time. And if something goes awry with that plan... I fall apart. Now I've gotten a lot better. Believe me, me from five years ago, if the plan changed, I would fall apart. But it, it helps me because whenever you talk about subconscious mind, you know, and the conscious mind, I get a little confused. And I've been around you for a decade or more, right? And it's still, and that's my subconscious trying to tell me, nope, don't listen to any of that. Just focus on that's the, the plan. That's the confusion part. The confusion that's how part. it works. Yeah, and it's so fascinating to me. So as, as you were telling that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I am the poster child for the subconscious mind. I stick with the plan. I repeat that pattern over and over and over again because that's what kept me safe. And I love what you used in the right out of the gate you talked about this battle and you said we have to overcome the sides of ourselves that need to be reconditioned. Like yeah. you're basically rewiring all these synapses that were forged before the age of seven and trying to think in a completely different way. And then you talked about the components of the battle, which I loved. And you, you maintain peace through peace with God, peace of God, and peace in God. This is where I was frantically writing down notes. So no questions here, but peace with God is faith, mm -hmm. which is quite, you know, we understand what faith is. Uh, peace of God is, this is God's peace, meaning this isn't much yours, and you brought in the principle of more life there. And then peace in God is God's word. If you look at what you've created in the world, you had to, everything had to first start out as an idea. So can you talk just briefly about what those three pieces are and how a person, because they're going to need to go back and listen to this many times, how a person can use that today to understand that they are going through growth because they're here listening. They're going through growth. What can they do to understand and make peace with the peace? <laughs> um, so the idea is that if, you, if you're going through this fight, but you're miserable, you're not going to sustain it. You just won't. You'll get exhausted physically, psychologically, emotionally. Uh, it'll show up in relationships. You know, it'll well, and just, then bitterness, resentment comes it, in. You just it's not fun. Absolutely. So the idea is, I, when I was when I was creating the lesson, the peace thing came last because I was looking at it and going, if they don't understand how do you maintain like some semblance of peace going through this, it gets very chaotic because. When you get into the actual battle, the confusion and the clarity and overcoming the doubt with belief and courage and all that, that's happening. That could happen 50 times a day, like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And instantaneously, and like instantane milliseconds, yes. it goes through that. Yes, yes, yes. So I was like, all right, so, but I need to teach them a little bit about peace and where does it come from? Because it's very easy to say, oh, just be peaceful. But if you don't understand how you would break peace down. Like, what are the components of peace so that I know what the hell that I'm even doing? It really doesn't make any sense because, you know, it's, um, again, you're just telling somebody to do something without un any understanding of where it's coming from. But if I say, oh, peace with God, that's faith, and I understand what the faith is and why I have the faith and the seven laws of the universe, I can be like, okay, that's right. So if I apply these laws... I will always get the exact result if I apply the laws. That brings me peace because now I know no matter what problem shows up, I have a solution to that problem. So that, what does that do? That combats doubt, 
right? Because we're doubt is looking for some entrance into our mind. It's looking for a little crack Just a little in the armor somewhere, right? So it could be a suggestion that somebody gave you. It could be a bad result in something. It could be a client that says no. Somebody's asking for a refund. Maybe you're getting a lawsuit, a, a health challenge, a fight with your spouse. Anywhere it can get that crack open, that's where doubt can come in. But it always presents a problem that seems unsolvable. So the idea is, if I have something that is better than that, I can maintain my peace. And that's where the that's where peace with God, where faith is actually a solution there. Yeah, absolutely. And peace is something that, you know, I think if we can go through life and if we can achieve some level of peace with what we're doing, I think that is practically heaven on earth. If you can get to a place in your life, the problem is, and I'm I'm sure I don't want to speak for all, a lot of our audience, but we struggle a little bit with finding that peace because like you said, it's a constant battle. Some days you're going to win the battle and some days you're going to lose. You just hope that the highs are sustainable for as long and that the drops or the falls are not as difficult. But if you, if you rewire or recondition yourself, I can only assume that over time, it gets a little bit easier. Those lows aren't as low when you can climb yourself up. It does get easier. Yeah. Because you're changing the conditioning, you know. Um, And it's interesting how people approach this sometimes because they'll think to themselves, well, if I read a book or if I go to that seminar or if I do this one time, you know, if you take somebody who's 35, 45 years old, they have 35, 45 years of conditioning. You're not going to replace that overnight. This is a lifelong process. It's not about how fast can I get somewhere. It's about what do I need to do on a daily basis. And the program in which I created this for initially, which was our the Elite Mind 90-Day program, those people are doing it every day. So they're bringing this consciousness uh, to what they're doing every day so they don't have those ups and downs as much. That's why it's a it's a it's part of the the process in their life, you yeah. know, as they actually go through this every day. Well, and it's like learning. It's just like learning to speak a new language. The best way, if I wanted to learn how to speak Spanish, I would go to Spain. Full immersion, immersion right? Immersion. immersion yeah. That's the best way to do it. And and I love that the component of that program where every day you are working with them and teaching them, you know, thirty minutes to sixty minutes a day, talking them through these pieces because, you know. You talked in the episode about the two characters that we're introduced to. You talked about the lion and you talked about the pig. I told you we were going to get to lions and pigs. Um, The lion is the aggressive individual, the aggressive person that knows what it wants and it goes after it because that's the nature of the lion. Uh, The pig, on the other hand, you know, they're both in the mud pit. The lion wants to get the hell out, um, probably eating the pig before he gets out. And then the pig just wants to wallow because that's its nature. So if I'm understanding correctly, you know, the environment we were raised in creates that nature. And it doesn't mean we're locked into that nature, but we have to put some work into it. Otherwise, we will just simply wallow. The vision of the lion and the pig, you couldn't think of two stark different animals. And I love that you brought that in. Can you expand more on that aggressive nature, the denial nature between the lion and the pig and how understanding that allows people to sort of rise up and and reprogram? Yeah, the interesting thing, because so if you go back to the idea, one of the reasons that I use nature so much in my teaching is because the stark difference is that nature doesn't have a choice. So here you have a lion. We all know what the nature of a lion is, right? It's a it's an alpha predator. And it is it never goes against its nature, right? It has 
you know, it it is going to kill and it's going to make baby lions. That's all this thing does, right? It's an it's an eating machine. So, if something happens to it that is outside of, you know, its daily activity or whatever, like falling into a mud pit, right, while it's chasing a sheep or something, right, right. you know, um, it it is not going to just be like, oh, you know, now what? I'm just going to stay here. It doesn't even think about it. Its whole idea is get out of the mud pit and go back and chase down whatever it was, whatever it was chasing down. So there's no, there's no choice there. There's no option. It is only this way. Conversely, the pig which lives in the mud, it wants to be in the mud. You know, it, it's, it's most just, comfortable. It's in the most mud. comfortable yeah. in the mud for what whatever reason. It doesn't matter. It the, it the metaphor is that pig wallows in the mud. That's its nature. So it's more home in the mud than it is out of the mud. Probably right. It falls in the mud. It's like this is great. I'm just going to stay here and and do my thing. And when you look at it from the aspect of those are those are two kind of stark different natures that exist in human beings. One is the natural nature of what we are, which is to go out and create and build and move life forward. The secondary one is programmed in us by other people who developed lazy attitudes for whatever reason in life. That is then perpetuated one generation after another after another until some generation breaks it. So it's not that the lion's not in us, it is. It's actually the real nature of who we are. But if somebody else's nature gets into us before that seven-year period where we can actually start to evaluate on our own, and here's another problem, and this is, and this is part of what makes this confusing for so many people. By the time you're seven, because you would think to yourself, well, when I turn seven, I can think and then I can choose not to do this. It's true that you can think, but where are you thinking from? All the information that has been put into your mind for seven years is corrupted, right? Some of it's true. Some of it's not true. Some of it's real. Some of it's not real. Some of it has good intentions. Some of it has not good intentions. Some has a predatory nature, and some has a wallowing nature. So the idea is that you've got to find out which ones are working and which ones are not working, and then you go through the process of changing. It's not just as clear, cut, and dry as, oh, now I can think. And the other thing about seven years old, T, is you just start to learn how to think at that age. It, your, your brain is continuing to develop into your early 20s, right? So, I mean, we know, we, and we know this more now than we ever have before, but, but especially with, with young men, uh, it goes into their 20s quite a bit before the, the 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 frontal lobe actually solidifies and they stop with the crazy behavior because how it is forming is very detrimental to thinking very clearly and making solid decisions that, that don't carry with it unnecessary or, or, or crazy risk. So we don't know. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know until somebody actually teaches you. 
Yeah, it's not like you got to the age of seven and immediately you were like, okay, now I'm going to think for myself. And, you know, like, let's say you're an individual who's 40 years old. That's 33 years beyond when you had the ability and your subconscious mind started to, you know, your mind started to develop. So that's, um, it's almost like the layers of sedimentary rock. You like, look, all (laughs) those layers are piled upon layers. And it's not like one day you just wake up and say, okay, today I'm going to think for myself. It's a it's a constant slog to get through that. And I say slog lovingly because it's, it's the kind of work that you want to engage in. You want to change, you want to get better, but relying on, you know, our upbringing and saying things like, well, it's just the way it is. It is what it is. I don't necessarily like that phrase. It is what it is. You can always change. And if you're feeling like you're not getting the results, if you're stuck, if your mindset isn't where you feel like you need it to be, I believe that our listeners, they're, they've already made the decision that they want to do something bigger in their life. They want to fulfill a purpose. You talked about that in this. It's just a matter of understanding that you can do it. Anybody can do this. You did it. I mean, if you would have looked at yourself back on the dock many years ago, you very easily could have just said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll with where I'm at. This is good. I'll just hate my life, but this is where I'm at. You made that choice to do it. And I think I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening that, that do the same. It's just fascinating when you realize that, you know, it just doesn't happen in a flash. You've got to put in the work and it's a battle. I think we bring it back to the fight every single time. Every time without, without question it, and we have to understand that it's a battle and it has to be a battle that you're consciously choosing to you're consciously choosing to to fight. I was having a, a conversation with Steph the other day and I said, you know, what's really interesting about this is that a lot of what we do and how we teach people is along the same lines ideologically, like the twelve step program for for addicts, right? The idea is here's this program that if you follow it, allows you to win the fight. It gives you the tool to be able to win the fight against something that is of a corrupting nature to your own physical and psychological body, which is alcohol or or drug abuse. Those things program your body to want more of those things, right? So it's constantly trying to create this craving to do something. Now, a person has to be consciously aware of how do I overcome uh, the nefariousness of, of this problem that they, that they may have. And, and, you know, Bill W. came up with the 12 steps. Sure. And if you do these steps, if you work the steps, it will allow you to be a victor over this thing that is trying to control you. Successful thinking allows you to be a victor over the way that you're subconsciously programmed to control you to be like your ancestors, to be like people that necessarily didn't have the success that you want. Or in some cases, maybe it was just completely dysfunctional ways of living. But in you know, mostly what we're doing here is we're helping people move to the place where they're really free. They can they know how to think for themselves. They can use these tools to overcome the crazy thinking that that our mind has a tendency to just get engaged with, the the idea that we we see something and we get triggered by it, it takes us into confusion. It takes us on this roller coaster ride in our mind. So you need the tool to be able to overcome that, so that you could stay on the path to create what you want. Because and I, and I think I said this in the in the in the podcast in the episode was that really the only difference. 
uh, between successful people and people that aren't successful is that successful people have figured out how to overcome their own problems and they help other people solve problems. That's what allows a person to be successful because then you can take that to the marketplace where you can help a lot of people overcome a problem. Yeah, successful people are all about finding solutions yeah. to problems, and that's what separates yes. those who do from those who do not. Yeah, no, that's outstanding. You did mention there are specific weapons that the enemy has at their disposal, and in this you mentioned that it, the subconscious mind was that pseudo-enemy that we're, we're all fighting because prior to the age of seven, our minds are undeveloped and we operate by instinct. So the weapons, I'm going to list them off here, um, and they all have very, they're all very powerful weapons that if you choose to buy into them, they can totally derail everything you're mm-hmm. doing. So confusion, uh, problems, doubt, worry, fear, and lies. Um, talk briefly about some of those problems and, and how, I guess problems is one of them, and how we can sort of understand that when we go to fight, when we go to that battle. So the idea is generally this. First thing that shows up is a problem. Um, and when, the, when a problem shows up, It has this capacity to attack the clarity of the vision that we have. So when we have a vision, obviously we're we're attempting to see something uh, and make it pristine. Here is the outcome that I ultimately want. The problem shows up and it suggests something else. When that suggests something else, if we're not careful, it causes confusion in our mind, right? So here's the outcome that I want and here is the problem that I have. Can I overcome this problem? Well, I can't overcome the problem if I allow the problem to suggest where I'm going versus the solution suggesting where I go. So the whole idea is that when that problem shows up and I find myself going into confusion, I need to stop and I need to recognize that it is the exact way my subconscious mind is trying to stop me by going into confusion. Because you don't have to go into confusion just because a problem shows up. You can be like, okay, here's a problem. Let's focus on the solution. Let's figure out what the solution is. But when we go into confusion, like, well, you know, I had this problem. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this anymore. What made you think that? Well, this problem, like, would I really have this problem if I was supposed to be doing like where like do do you know, where is your mind going because this problem showed up? Well, it's working, it's creating confusion, right? So then that's that that's where the enemy starts off. And then of course it goes down the rest of the list, which is doubt, worry, fear, and lies. Yeah, you're you're almost like, you know, to use the boxer analogy, you know, you've been hitting the head a couple times, you're reeling, you're up against the ropes yeah. and you're feeling almost, you're confused, you're dazed, you're about ready to go down. And it's in those moments where, you know, the problem is you're getting pummeled, but there is a way to pull yourself out of that. Right. And it is stopping, taking a breather, hope the bell rings, get to your corner, have a spit of water, and then really understand that you're going to get up and go at it again. And I love that thinking about, you know, confusion in that way and understanding that just stop for a minute, like hold up. There's a problem just came up. The problem is going to want to throw you into confusion at that moment. They've got you on the ropes, but you can easily fight back. And that's where the weapons that we bring to the battle that we employ to get us through this are vision and clarity, uh, choice and our words, faith, courage, and truth. So how do those things inevitably win the day for us and win that battle? I think it really starts with the idea of choice because most people, you know, it's so, the word is used so much 
And we, we make so many choices every day that if nobody tells us this, we would never really know that the ability to choose is our greatest power. It is the thing that separates us from the rest of nature, this ability to make conscious choice. The key there is that it has to be conscious. So we need to be making a choice from that consciousness. And the way to do that is to employ the vision. The vision keeps us focused on, okay, here's the direction that I'm going. I need to maintain consciousness around that idea. Then I need to use my words. I need to speak to the direction that I want to go. I need to speak to the outcome. So it's not like, oh, this is terrible. We're never going to overcome this. How, you know, how is that ever going to happen? It is, nope, there's a solution. We're going to figure out the solution. The solution is already here. You know, it's all about you talk about the desired outcome that you want more than the outcome that you don't want. You cannot let the confusion control the mouth, right? If the confusion controls the mouth, you start speaking into existence the thing that you do not want. So we have to use it to speak into existence what we do want. Then you are employing faith, belief, and courage, right? right? So the the idea, so if we go back to the faith, the faith is the understanding of those laws that they work if you apply them. The belief is whatever your belief is about life, where you're going, you belief is 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 uh, you know it's it's a verb, right? It is an action word. You can believe for something, which is saying I am going to put my my focus, my concentration, my energy towards saying this is true. This I will create. And number one, it takes courage to do that because when we get into confusion and we get into doubt fear, uh, doubt and worry, fear's next. Right. So you need courage to overcome that. And then ultimately it is to stabilize a truth in your life. Because we're always saying whenever, whenever we run into something, like if you were to take this lesson even deeper, you would say, what is the truth about this? Because the confusion's going to present a lie at some point. It wants to not only establish a lie, but maintain one. And it comes from the initial lie that we bought into as children, which is the purpose of our life is to be safe, right? It's, that's all that our right. the purpose is. Because literally, that's what we do with people. We train them to be safe from birth to death. It's about you have to get an education to be safe. You have to learn to manage your money to be safe. You have to learn to interact with other people so that you can work in a job to be safe, so that you can save up enough money to be safe and then ultimately have enough money in your old age that you're safe so that you can die. It's, like it's a crazy cycle, but it's true on how it's created. And it's and the, the thing is, is that it was created in a way where it substantiates, actually, in a very large way, that some people are really moving forward because the people that are staying safe work for them. You know, they've created jobs for people to be safe. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing because, look, not everybody is going to want to go out there and, and w do all this work to change. They were born into a middle class or working class mindset. They believe in it. They're comfortable there. They love the traditions, and they want to stay there for the rest of their life. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? But for the people that recognize that really, if we're coming from 
this overall question of what is my purpose in life, it was not to be safe. It was to use this intellect that we had to create something grander than the place that we came from. Damn. Yeah. I mean, of all the podcasts you've done, hundreds and hundreds of these, I would put this in the pantheon of must listen to again and again and again. We say that oftentimes and we do mean it, but this one in particular, I think it should be, this is successful mind 101. Yeah. Like really bring it every single day. And you, you know, you finished off the episode by saying, if you want to be a winner, don't run away from it, but engage. And I think that's what, that's what we've done. So thanks for coming inside. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.